say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. We love you know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. yeah. The sports show. Yeah. I'm back like crap. Yo. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all miss me. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show. I'm your host, Big Baby, aka the soul of RB. And to my right, we have the Queen, Queen Tay. Hey, Tell my what's up? Saturday. Tell my niece, what's up? Matt, 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 you gonna let me get through the introduction? You're wild. <laughs> he happy. He happy to be I'm back. excited. <laughs> Not only am I tired. Listen, With Tay, listen, I'm excited. This is the weekend Tay has chosen violent, so you, you probably just want us to just run through everything so the violence isn't as crazy. Look, look it's but, been a good week. It's been a real good week. Shout out to the Nets, beating the Lakers. It's been yo, a good week. Let's get it, Drake. Let's go. Yo, uh, Matt, the Clippers, said they, the Clippers said they want some credit because they beat the best team in the NBA, the Jazz. They said they deserve some credit. We're going to talk about the Jazz. We're going to is, is to the Wiz bo- kid. To my bottom right, we have the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. What up, everybody? How we doing on this beautiful Saturday? Yeah, yeah. And to my bottom left, finally, off of load management, we have. I'm back. B. K. Matt. I'm back. <laughs> hey, Tay. Hey, Tay. How you doing, Tay? Don't play with me because you're still going to lose. Look, look, we ain't even gonna get into that. Today is not the day. Before we before we get started with the show, it's been a year. I wanna say rest in peace to the floors, God. Pop smoke. We miss you, King. It's been a year. Floss is weak without you, bro. We miss you. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. How's everybody's week been? How has everybody's week been? Queen, how's your week been? My week is good, just working. Um we did a little memorial for my cousin who passed away, Pop. So, yeah, and we're here. Copy, copy, copy. Um, Pete, how was your week? Not too bad. It's been a it's been a really uh, relaxing week. I've had the whole week off of work, as you know, President's Week, so school teachers are off. Um, good relaxing week. Been able to get some housework done and and stuff like that that I don't usually get to get done. So. Can't complain. I'm just glad this snow has finally stopped, and I'm hoping this is the last snow we're going to see for a while. And you just jinxed it. Thank you. <laughs> I ain't got no shovel. So, I broke mine. At BK Matt, how, how's your week? You, you've been off for a couple weeks. So. I'm about to be off again next week. I got to go to Georgia. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I got something I got to deal with. Man, I want to take look, a week off, too. <laughs> I want to take a week off. Look, I ain't going to hold you. It's hard you. to be me. It's hard to be me. Uh Nah, but uh, week's been it's been low key dope. Aside for the snow, I mm-hmm. hate the snow. I used to love it when I was a kid. I hate it now. Uh, yeah, but it's been cool. Uh, real good stuff happened this week. Aside for y'all trying to set me up for failure with this with this with this tiebreaker thing that y'all. Ain't nobody trying to do. did nothing. Nobody, nobody setting up anybody for failure because one, I'm not the one setting the questions. Because it should be no be, questions. It'd be do the elimination it'd, chamber. That's what we should do. It'd be a conflict of interest if I set up the questions because both you or both you and Tavia think I'm going to cheat for either side. <laughs> so I'm going to let Pete, Pete. going to ask us some questions like, 
who was the assistant coach for the Chicago Bears in 85? Like, I'm supposed to know that. I wasn't born. Now, I ain't going to do that. I mean, I might no. ask you, you know, like, you know, I, I have some fun questions thought up. Like, I have some, I have some questions like, you know, who can name, who could, uh, you know, who, who, who can name, you know, the most, uh, the most names on the top 10 NBA all-time scoring list, right? And see how many, you know, who gets the most names, right? So it's going to be fun. I think it's no. going to be, it's not going to be no single answer questions. Not all not, of them. That's not fair. You know, Tavia's been around I, since I, the ABA. I think, no, I, I think it, it'll be a lot. Matt, you trying me today, I see. Oh. You trying it. <laughs> we only five minutes into the show. Remember, we got some time left. We do have some time. Don't get got. Thank you. <laughs> we do have some time. Don't get got. Oh, man. Free Bobby. We're not using. No prints, no hints. <laughs> no face, no case. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. You know, I know. That's a, you know what? That's That might be a shirt, too. No it might need no to be case. a shirt, too. <laughs> Especially for next week. Oh, man. That's so, another story. I'll tell you after that. Don't mention that stuff on air, bro. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> oh, shout out to Wendell. Shout out to Turtle. They watching. Mm-hmm. We're we oh. gonna get into the we're gonna get into the Draymond Green thing. And Anthony Davis wasn't there, but Kevin Durant wasn't there either. Shut up, Turtle. So, um, again, like like many of you know, we have a tie in our um our pick five. Um, until the tie is broken, we won't start the NBA pick five. Never but uh, Matt won't be. Matt won't be on next week, so we have two weeks to uh, for Pete to pick the questions, and it's gonna go down. It's been dragging out. Let's it has been drag. It has been dragging out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, mad because she thought it was gonna be easy. Pete, I told you it wasn't gonna. It, Pete was supposed to be it one is- to tie, which will beat you. You lucky? Be- no. You thought it was gonna be easy. You thought you were slick rent and the cool cats. No. Hey babe, hey babe, hey babe, hey babe. What's up, man? The panda. <laughs> Matt, that's strike two. I didn't even do nothing. I didn't even do nothing. I'm just <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a, that's a soul thank of R and B. Soul R and B. Shout out to my boy Ahmad. Uh he, he's checking in. Ahmad Rashad? No, oh. no, we, we mess we used to mess with him and call him that too. His last name is Rhodes. They kind of look like him a little bit. <laughs> and uh, tell you, Amanda can't see you. She wants to see you. Tay there. Might still be. In the car. Oh, she's, she's still in the car, babe. So she'll be home in a little bit. <laughs> um, let's, Pete, you ready? Uh, I am. I am ready. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the world famous. Where's your glasses at? Quick hits starting now. All right, everybody. All right. And welcome to the world famous quick hits for the week of. February the 20th. Let's start with the NBA and something happened last night that has never happened before in the history of the NBA. Jamal Murray set a career high with 50 points, but that wasn't the big story. Jamal Murray set a career high of 50 points and became the first player in NBA history to score 50 points without taking a single free throw in the entire game. 
Jamal Murray went 21 for 25 from the field, 84% shooting, which is the second highest percentage in a 50-point game since Wilt Chamberlain did that, uh, had a higher percentage in a 50-point game. But again, Jamal Murray, first play in NBA history, scored 50 without a free th- without a single free throw attempt in 50 points. I-, I didn't think that was possible in the NBA, but apparently. That, that boy good. That boy good. <laughs> Told you. Uh, in the NFL, the big story that dominated the entire week, Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. Carson Wentz traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to Indianapolis Colts. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Super Bowl winning quarterback Carson Wentz. Stop. Stop. Is already. Stop. traded to the Indianapolis Colts. He is reunited with his former offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, Frank Reich, the current head coach in the, in the, for the Indianapolis Colts. I apologize there. The trade was for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick in 2022, though due to the conditions attached to that pick, it is more than likely to become a first-round pick in 2022. So really quickly, I got to ask the, I got to ask the crew, First round, 2022, third round, 2021. Do you think the, the Eagles got fair value in Carson Wentz? Quick answer, no. No, they just emptied. They just dumped caps. Man. That's it. That's all it was. But I'm mad you called him a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like He has he, a ring. Yeah. So does the water boy. <laughs> ain't nothing for that. He, got, he, he gave him a good record. He messed up his leg. This is true. Deserve that. Um, Indianapolis won that. They won that trade. I'll give them that. A a sad story. A sad story in the NFL happened earlier this week as a member of the NFL fraternity. Wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in a hotel room on Monday. Uh, the 15th of February, but reports have come out since then that it is possible that Vincent Jackson may have died in that hotel room up to two to three days prior to being found on Monday, February the 15th. Um, Apparently staff at the hotel had come into the room at some point during the weekend and seen him slumped over and kind of thought he was just sleeping, sitting up. Uh, And then the next day apparently saw him in the same position and became a little worried. Uh, Then a call was made. uh, And when police found him on Monday, he was in the same exact position. And that's when he was uh, found to be dead. Uh, Vincent Jackson, a member of the Chargers from 2005 to 2011 and the Bucks from 2012 to 2016 was a three-time Pro Bowl uh, wide receiver and six times over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, Vincent Jackson passed away at the tender age, uh, in, in the tender age of his 30s, very young uh, for a for anybody to be passing away. Uh, something we will talk about later on in more detail. Um, Naomi Osaka last night or this morning, depending on where you were watching from, won her uh, her Australian Open Championship with a straight set 6-4-6-3 victory over American Jennifer Brady. It is Naomi Osaka's fourth Grand Slam title, and she is the second woman in tennis history to go 4-0 in her first four Finals 
tournament appearances. She's currently on a 21-match win streak, uh, and we will, uh, dating back to her win in the U.S. Open, and we will obviously be speaking more later on in the show about the incredible semifinal matchup that Naomi Osaka had with Serena Williams. Uh, in the men's final, which will be played um, on Sunday, Saturday night, depending on, again, where you're watching it in the world, uh, Novak Djokovic will be going for his ninth Australian Open Championship and trying to win his 18th overall 18th overall major championship, trying to close the gap between the leaders, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, who have the men's lead with 20. He'll be facing number four ranked Daniil Medvedev. Uh, who's on a 20-match win streak, uh, and will be trying to defeat Djokovic in the Australian Open finals. Um, Djokovic, again, also playing with a torn muscle somewhere in his body that he tore in the quarterfinals. Now moving on to our final quick hits topic of the uh, sport topic of the week, the Major League Baseball season fast approaching, uh, and some good news coming out of the beginning of spring training. Uh, so 4,336 total COVID screening tests have been given to Major League Baseball players and staff uh, start with the start of spring training about to happen. And so far, only 13 of those over 4,000 tests have come back positive, nine players and four staffers. Um, those uh, players and staffers asked to stay in an intensive five to seven day quarantine before they can be tested again. But I mean, the results there, that percentage, 0.3%, less than half a percent of the over 4,000 tests returning positive. Um, to some actual baseball news, last week on this very segment, on Quick Hits last week, we talked about how the Mets had extended one of their con guaranteed spots for spring training to Tim Tebow. And less than a week later, we have found out that Tim Tebow has decided to retire from the world of Major League Baseball. Um, Good. He and he decided to follow his dream of returning to the game of baseball in 2016 when the Mets signed him to a minor league contract. And, you know, while he didn't really average and hit very well, did hit a couple of home runs in the minor leagues that were kind of heralded, did kind of seem like he was rounding into a pretty decent, okay hitter uh, while he was in the minor leagues. Here's where the big thing came in. In 2017, when he was in A ball, Single A minor league ball. Apparently, Tim Tebow, according to stats, generated $1.6 million in extra revenue for the other teams in terms of the number of fans that he brought in. An average of 2,600 uh, 2, fans came to games extra uh, when Tim Tebow was playing. And a total of three hundred and seven over 370,000 fans extra fans generated by Tim Tebow's 2017 season in single A ball. So you know what? May not have been the greatest hitter, but if I'm getting 1.6 million out of it as a league, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Not much to complain about if, you know, he's bringing in cash, cash revenue for the, um, for that league. <laughs> for the, yeah. For the league. Yeah. Um, two, two other stories. 
Uh, the Yankees agreed to a one-year contract with the final remaining player from the 2009 World Series team. Outfielder Brett Gardner signed a one-year $4 million deal. Does have a player option for a second year. Uh, if he declines his player option, it'll become a team option. Uh, but really cheap deal to bring back the final remaining piece from that 2009 team. The Yankees are one team, you know, if anything, they do show a lot of loyalty. Let's say that much. Brett Gardner, 37 years old, um, you know, one of the oldest remaining players on not only the Yankees, but in baseball uh, returning. And lastly, again, another story we will get more in depth with uh, later on today in our show. Uh, even if you're not a fan of Major League Baseball, you heard the news that went down um, earlier this week as 22-year-old shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. signed the third biggest contract in Major League Baseball history when he signed when the San Diego Padres and he agreed to a 14-year, $340 million deal, full no-trade clause for the 22-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. will keep him in the San Diego Padres organization until he is 36 years old. It gives the Padres the most expensive infield ever in the history of baseball and also became the only infield in the history of baseball to have two $300 million teammates in Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado, who came over as a free agent from the Baltimore Orioles to the San Diego Padres two years ago. Uh, they also became the second pair of $300 million teammates. The Yankees were a pair as well, Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole. Uh, what's interesting about this deal, uh, he was four seasons away before even hitting free agency. Most teams wait until a player is going to hit free agency to give them a mega deal like this. Four whole four seasons away before he would have ever hit free agency or even arbitration. And he has actually less... Um, less than a full season of statistics. He's actually only played 148 total games, 60 last year in the pandemic-shortened season, and then uh, I believe 80, um, 88, 86 games uh, the year before in his uh, first season. So he's only played 148 games um, you know, in his career and a 14-year, $340 million deal. Uh, makes me wish I had stayed with baseball. Uh, in high school and college uh, makes me really wish I had stayed with baseball. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all of our major sports news for quick hits. The one last thing, don't forget bad bunny, your new 24 seven heavyweight champion will be appearing on Saturday night live tonight, uh, which means that we can almost be guaranteed that our truth will be somewhere not far behind. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Quick Hits for the week of February the 20th. Good job, good job, good job. So uh, we did speak about um, Naomi Osaka um, amongst each other, but um, let's get into today's topics right about now. Yo, it's crazy when um, I'm press, uh, you know, pressing all the buttons and everything over here. 
and sometimes I'm accidentally pressing on another video and it doesn't start. I'm like, oh, ooh, ooh. I had to clear up my cache over here a little bit. I had videos from uh when we first started using StreamYard up here the other day. But um, as we said, Naomi Osaka um has just won the Australian Open, right? Yes. And with that win, again, her fourth championship um, and 21st straight um, match win. Now, with all of that being said, um, before before that match, her finals match, again, she did play one of, if no, the greatest tennis player of all time, Serena Williams, um, in the semis, and she beat her two sets, two straight sets. After the game, after the set, um, there was an interview with Serena Williams, and one of the interviewers asked if it's if, uh, if it's time for her to retire, or if she thinks um, this was her last tournament. And she started crying, and she walked out. My question to you, BK Matt, is it at 39 years old with everything she has accomplished? And this wall of Naomi Osaka that seems to keep getting in her way. Is it time for her to to stop playing? Because she's one away from tying. Uh, what is her name, Pete? Uh, Margaret Court. Margaret Court for the most. Uh, major championships. Yeah, major championships. So I, I don't think I don't think she'll pass it. But I, I'm. I'm Pretty sure she'll tie it if she keeps playing. So, Matt, what what is your thoughts? Should um, Serena kind of step aside and let Naomi take off? Well, Serena's not necessarily playing less than herself. I mean, she's still pretty pretty good as far as you know her her play. But I, I don't like the stigma of we put an age on when somebody should give it up. It should be more or less their own free will, if their body's able to even deal with the grind of, of, of the sport. It shouldn't be, oh, because she's 39, turning 40, she should give up playing tennis. But, I mean, that that's heartbreaking to hear, like, that she got emotional like that. And it's because she's been this dominant force for so long. And you got this young up-and-comer that's – well, not really up-and-coming. She, she's just young. But – She's 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 really really good. She must be like twenty. I think she's like twenty two, twenty three, and twenty one. She she twenty one. She really yep. tw- she, she's twenty one. Yes. Jeez. Um. I don't think I'm. I don't think she's ready to to hang up. Actually, you no. Know, she is twenty three. I apologize. Yeah, I'm, I'm like she can't be that. Young. I thought she was. Yeah, I thought she was. No, she. But is um. But yeah. So. If she's not ready to give it up, then I don't think it should be forced in the media to try to like pressure her to give it up because she's she lost to this 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 you know young stud who's who's doing what Serena did and what her what her sister did. I mean, you can't. It's not it, it, just because you lost doesn't mean it's time to hang up. I mean, Tom Brady lost what two and came back and won a, won a Super Bowl. And we was and then you had people like Max Kellerman saying he was on a downslide, you know. So I mean, you can't put age on when it's time to give it up. It should be your own free will, your mind, body, and spirit that y'all all are on the same accord that it's time for you to give it up. 
So I, I, I don't think that's fair because she lost. That it's in the media that maybe she should hang it up. Pete. You know, it, it, it's she played. You know, it was interesting because she lost in straight sets. I think a lot of people had she had it been one of those where it gone three sets, um, and, and it looked like she might have had a chance. Um, I think that question would have been less prevalent. Uh, she lost 6-3, 6-4 in the semis to Naomi Osaka. I mean, let's be very honest. Naomi's also had her number. Naomi has beaten Serena more than once um, already. So, you know. Three to two, I believe. Yeah, and, and you got to remember, you, remember, we're talking about a woman who is playing the sport of tennis at the age of 39 years old. Most people are retiring long before that. I mean, you know, Martina Hingis retired at, I believe, 37. So, you know, she was she was a, a little older, but she started, you know, but she retired also at 22. Hingis retired at 22, um, you know, then retired for a little bit and then came back, you know. Um, you know, Justine Enna, Justine Enna retired, um, you know, when she was, you know, 28 and then came back when she was 31. You know, Venus and Serena are really the longest playing uh, people. I mean, Billie Jean King retired when she was 40, but Billie Jean King played in a, in a much different era. And obviously, um, and I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head, uh, but, you, you know, even like Monica Seles, Chris Everett, Chris Everett uh, all retired very young. Martina Navratilova, there we go. Martina Navratilova played well into her 40s. Um, Serena's just a physical specimen, to be very honest with you. But let's let's not act like this is out of out of the range for Serena to still do. Serena is sitting at 23 Grand Slam championships. She needs one more to tie Margaret Court, two more to pass her. It is the only record in her 26-year career that she has not broken in women's tennis. And she still has three more majors. She has three more majors. She has the French Open. She has Wimbledon. She has the U.S. Open. And let's not act like like Serena Williams isn't a queen at Wimbledon. Okay? I don't know any person in the world who isn't putting money on Serena at Wimbledon. Right? If she's playing in Wimbledon. Um, and then the U.S. Open. Serena's been great at the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, losing to Naomi Osaka the last time she went to the finals of the U.S. Open. So... You know, three more opportunities, and you've got two more majors coming up that um, are really built towards Serena's uh, skill set. The French Open, she's done okay at the French Open as well. Uh, she's won the French Open, I believe, a number of times. Um, you know, so I don't think, you know, when I'm thinking of Serena, look, she's not her sister. She's not, I don't think she's going to be one of those people who who starts losing in the first set ever again uh like Venus was doing but in all in all due respect I do also think this is we're starting to see a little bit of that Andre Agassi Pete Sampras effect where you're starting to see those younger players being able to beat the legends I remember when Leighton Hewitt beat Pete Sampras beat Andre Agassi when um when Andy Roddick Beat Pete, uh, beat, beat Pete Sampras and, 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 and Andre Agassi. And it was like, holy crap, this is actually happening. Um, I, I, I don't think Serena's time is up, 
but I do think Serena's place as the most dominant tennis player on the court. Yeah. That window is starting to close. Because you got you got this you got young people that are that have watched you for years. They know all your tells. They know all your movement. They studied you. They grew up on you. Right. So it's, it's bound to happen. I mean, this just makes you lock in more to figure out a way to get over that hurdle. I, like I said, she's still performing at a really high level. So, I mean, it, it's totally up to her if she wants to retire. What I yeah. love is that there's a lot of young European players, but what I really love is the fact that we are able to transition from the age of Venus and Serena to the age of possibly Naomi Osaka and Coco Golf. We have two young black women who are incredible at the game of tennis, possibly being able to pick up. And Coco Golf hasn't even scratched the surface yet of what she's capable of in the game of tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, but two young black women who can really possibly pick up where Venus and Serena left off. But there is a bunch of great uh, tennis talent out there, uh, like like Matt said. Queen, what, what are your thoughts on this? No. So- I kind of agree with Matt in a way, and I kind of agree with Pete. So in a way, you know, Serena has nothing left to prove to anybody else. It's something that I said about Tom Brady, something that I said about LeBron James. You know, their dynasties and their legacies are intact. Um, I still feel like she's an athletic specimen who could still go. Of course, with the evolution of sports, someone always comes by and does it a little better, does it a little bigger, and they learn from you. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean that she's washed up. And I don't feel that she needs to retire at this point. I feel as if Naomi is young. You know, Serena has some some mileage on her when it comes to her athleticism, but she's still the best of the best. You get what I'm saying? So I don't feel like it's her time to hang it up yet. I do see a little, it could potentially be a decline, but not, excuse me, not enough for her to not be competitive. But here's my question. Here's uh, my last question about this, though. Um, Pete, you did mention there's three more majors coming up. Um, yes. French, the French, which she's won three French Opens in her career, the mm-hmm. last one in 2015. Um, then Wimbledon, uh, which she's won seven times in her career, the last time in 2016. And then the U.S. Open, which usually closes out the year. She's won six of those, and the last one was in 2016. If sorry, 2014 for the U.S. Open. Yes, because the last uh, major she's won was 2016 while she was two months pregnant. Yes, that uh, no, she won the Aussie Open in 2017. 2017, I mean, yeah, yeah that was the last one. The, that's yes. when she won the Aussie Open in 2016. She one. won Wimbledon, yeah. So my question to you guys again is. What if she keeps running into Naomi Osaka and Naomi Osaka keeps knocking her out? Is there a conversation there to where it's like, hey, I'm, maybe it's not me anymore. It's, maybe it's not my time anymore. Or is it like she just has to find a way? I think she has to find a way. She's a competitor. She's an athlete. You get what I'm saying? Naomi Osaka is not indestructible. You get what I'm saying? She's getting to that. She's getting to where Serena was. You get what I'm saying? And like I said, look at what just happened in the Super Bowl. Everybody thought that Patrick Mahomes was going to have Tom Brady's number. And he showed him that eventually experience, you know, wins 
you know, championships at some time. So I don't feel as if I think that if they were to go head to head again, it'd be it could be a little bit different. You just never know. It's the luck of the draw that day. Yeah, and, okay. I, and I think the, the one thing that's interesting with women's tennis is if you look at her last four major victories or even her last six major victories going back to that Wimbledon in 2016. Um, well, actually, you know what? Let's go back all the way to 2016. So that would have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight majors uh, from 2016 to 2019, eight finals, okay? Um, in that time, she's only faced the same opponent um, twice. She faced Angelique Kerber three times, uh, once in 20, uh, twice in 2016 in the finals of Wimbledon and the finals of, Australia, of the Australian Open. She went one and one, and then she lost to Kerber again at in 2018 in Wimbledon. She faced Simona Halep. Um, you know, so there's been different names, and now she's faced Naomi Osaka twice in a Grand Slam final. Um, it's very interesting, though. What is very interesting is that the last four Grand Slam finals that Serena has gone to, she well, the last five now, she's lost. The last she has gone to, um, she went to the finals of 2018 Wimbledon, lost in straight sets to Angelique Kerber, went to the finals in the 2018 U.S. Open, lost to Naomi Osaka, finals of 2019 Wimbledon, lost to Simona Halep, and went to the finals in the 2019 U.S. Open, and lost to Bianca Andreescu, um, and now obviously the 2021 uh, Australian Open, and lost to Naomi Osaka. So five straight Grand Slam finals where she's lost. Um, most people would say she's due for a victory. Again, the French is not her strong suit, but she has won three at the French. Um, worst, best case scenario? Well, worst case scenario, she doesn't win another major this year. She stays second behind Margaret, Margaret Court, and she retires at the end of the year. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see her retiring. I feel like if anything, that emotional breakdown that Dre said, it just leads to more motivation for her to come back and come stronger or lock in, like I just said. So I mean, again, it people are gonna have your number. You're not gonna win everything. The best have been knocked down at least once or twice in their life for them to come back and come back stronger. I mentioned Tom Brady. I mentioned Mike. I'm like there's people that 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 fall once, but then they come back. And yeah, but I don't but but Matt, my thing is, and, and I was, you know, credit to my stepmother, huge. She is the she is the big tennis fan in the family. Yeah. Um and she was the one that really got me into like watching tennis as a casual fan. I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know I know everything about tennis, but I saw this at the end of Agassi's career. We saw this at the end of Pete Sampras's career. Hanging on. Right. And, 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 yeah, they're good enough to get to the fourth round, maybe the quarters, maybe even the semis every now and again, and every now and again crack a finals, right? But Agassi and Sampras were not the same player. We have, again, five straight times she's made the final. And that's not counting – the other tournament she's played in where she didn't make the finals, right, and lost somewhere before the finals, at what point do we say Serena's still great? Yes, but she's not that – I almost get, in a, in a sense, that Tiger Woods vibe. Tiger can, can still go out there and beat the field. Tiger is still good enough to go out there and beat the field on any given day. 
But is Tiger the same Tiger that struck fear in the hearts of players whenever he stepped on a golf green 10 years ago? Not the same way. Serena is still great. Serena can still beat any given player, I think, money bet on any given day. But at what point do you say to yourself, I can walk away at some semblance of the top of my game? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I think when you say stuff like that, it kind of discredits who they are. It's like they're not great anymore. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, there would be no Naomi without Serena. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. There would be no Patrick Mahomes without Brady. 100%. Absolutely. Or Manning or whoever, you know, better skilled quarterbacks. You get what I'm saying? There'd be no Kobe, LeBron without Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we have to pay homage to watching greatness live and being able to watch greatness for as long as we've been able to watch greatness. And the thing is, Naomi has two strong things over Serena right now, and that's age and freshness. But I know that anybody is going to feel if they have to go against uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, they're going to be shaking in their boots. Mm -hmm. James in the final, they're going to be shaking in their boots still, no matter what. You get what I'm saying? It, the psychological advantage is always going to be with the veteran and with the great. So let's let let's call a spade a spade. Of course, you you face a decline over time, but to really? be able to have performed at such a top level for the past twenty years, you get what I'm saying? Like that's unheard of. Serena to me is the greatest athlete of one of the greatest athletes of all time, if not the greatest. Facts. One hundred percent. Definitely top two or three. Definitely top two or three. One to me, the greatest athlete of all time. What this woman has been able to do. Since I can remember, you know, yeah, and I mean, even though Margaret has won more, in my opinion, I agree with Kay, the the era in which Serena has done what she's done, winning 23 in the era that she's wanted and going up against the litany of great female tennis players that she's gone up against, to me, already puts her above Margaret Court. Yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, Jordan won more, but he wasn't a better all-around player than LeBron. Correct. So it, it, I was about to mention that that's the that's the Jordan Lebron Jordan um Kobe again, Kobe Lebron Brady argument. More than anybody, Brady won it more than anybody else as far as Super Bowls. He's won more than the franchises, but that doesn't make him a better quarterback than even to me even a, a Peyton Manning. Like we say all the time, right. and I, I feel when you put skills to the side, I think Patrick Mahomes is more skilled than Tom Brady. Definitely, absolutely, you know what absolutely, I'm absolutely. With Naomi, I feel as if. Where we have to kind of draw the line is is that Serena is the greatest athlete, of, especially of my generation. You get what I'm saying? So I will never discredit her by saying that she's not great anymore. She's going to be forever great. You know, the skills may not be up to par. I just got two things to add what Tavia said. Tavia said basically what I agree with is she only has two things on her. She has age and she has preparedness why because she studied her for so long she's been in the game for so long you can read all the tales and 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 know her mannerisms to know what she's going to do so i just don't i i don't want to force retirement over her because she's lost you know what i'm saying i don't i don't get pained like i'm 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 going to give you an example god rest his soul it hurt like it hurt like hell to, to see Kobe in the, like the last two years of his of his career. I don't get that vibe with Serena. You know what I'm saying? I don't get that vibe with Tom Brady. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, or LeBron. I don't get that vibe. If but, it's not to that, if it's not to that distinction, I wouldn't. I don't want to force retirement on her. Right. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah, hundred percent. I get what you're saying, but the, the, I feel also when you Kobe, Kobe's last couple of seasons were kind of rough. But then also keep in mind, was it that it that his last couple of seasons were kind of rough, or was the league changing at that time? You get I, think, I think more or less it was his Achilles. I think it was a different league. Even even look at at the Tom Brady argument, right? We would not be sitting here with them winning if it had not been for that defense. So so who do we put the 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 acclaim onto? You get what I'm saying? When with Serena and Naomi, the only difference is it's a one on one type of thing. These other guys are in, in team sports. So with Kobe, he still was a great player. But he was he faced like we said, like you said, and I agree, the Achilles, the changing of the league at that time. By the time Kobe was at the tail end of his career, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors was shooting them up. That's a different league than what Kobe was used to. He was used to that slam dunk Vince Carter era, that Shaq era, the tail end of the Jordan era, the tail end of the 90s. Yeah, most definitely. I think, um, I think also that's what Serena's going through too. It's a, the game has changed. The players are, and I put Serena and LeBron in the same category in terms of being able to adapt to the changing of the eras. Because LeBron got the tail end of the the Bryant and 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 uh, um, the hand checking era. So uh, I I see it. It's not to force. I wouldn't LeBron. say tail end of Bryant because. I think Kobe won about three or four rings. Oh, rings no. while LeBron when, I, when I say tail end, I, I mean the Kobe Bryant era in terms of the hand checking and 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 all of that stuff. He's won. He won the other two when the league got a lot like less handsy. That's what I was. That's what I meant by that. But as as we're on basketball, Draymond Green made headlines earlier this week discussing the treatment of NBA players while they ask for trades versus when the teams want to trade them. My question to the table, uh, uh, my question to the table, Queen, um, you've worked in PR departments. Um, so as a as someone who would be PR for a player, how do you think the player is feeling when they have pretty much no control on their career once a team wants to trade them versus when they want to leave. It's a demoralizing feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Especially depending on where you sit at where you sat at at that team. Hey baby. So case in point, we talk about like Deshaun Watson asking for trades and this and the third. But when you look at it, right, you know that you are you know, contractually bound to a team for a certain amount of time, right? And when the relationship breaks down, it's not good. I think who suffers the most with that is the player. The talent suffers the most because there's so much great uncertainty as to what's your next move. If you're going to be able to be attractive enough for another team, are you going to be able to get another contract the way you did before? Now, look what happened with Scottie Pippen. You know, Scottie Pippen was like one of the, I think, top two, top three in the league and was like, the 12th highest played player on his team. 
and the 26th, 27th in the league, you know, winning championships alongside Lebr uh, LeBron, Michael Jordan. So when something like this happens, people never realize how it impacts the brand, the psyche, the emotional, you know, the, the future of a player. Now, with Draymond's point, I don't often agree with Draymond Green's, you know, outbursts and, and things what he says. But this is something that I can look at spot on and feel that he is correct. You get what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, when you are contractually bound to a team, you're supposed to act a certain way. You're supposed to follow by their rules. You're supposed to abide by their, their guidelines. And when they're done with you, they're done with you. And there's nothing you can basically do. You have no power. You have nothing to say. You're like a piece of, of, of I would say, you're, you're like a piece more than a person. You're a pawn. You're a pawn. You know, or I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say a pawn, but you're 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 a piece to a bigger picture. Whereas for you, you're the biggest picture, you're the biggest piece of your picture. You get what I'm saying? But as a PR person, I've been in situations where I've worked with with people who were at the end of their contracts, whether it was a recording contract, whether it was a, a sports contract, and there's nothing more anxiety ridden than that time, especially if you're not if you're benched, you can't show another team what you can still do if you're benched. If you're muted, you can't show people that you're still good enough to be, you know, sponsored, you know? So you, you're kind of taking someone's livelihood when you're done with them. Absolutely. So uh, another question on the same topic, uh, Matt. What's up? With Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, and to an extent Charles Barkley disagreeing with the players, what kind of message does that send to the NBA players in term from between the media and, and the players? Can I just say something real quick before you start, Matt? Just hold your thought. Skip Bayless and Max Kellerman needs to shut up when it comes to something like this. They've never played a game in their natural – they've never played a professional game in their natural life. Can you announce that man's name right? It's the great Skip Bayless, please. But he, the great Skip yeah. Bayless never played a – he never played a basketball game in the NBA, so how can he really – how can he say – It doesn't matter. Charles look, Barkley says stupid stuff on the regular. Well, Charles Barkley played in that – Charles Barkley is a Hall of Famer. And how and how much respect do y'all have on his opinion? Hold on, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie. I don't want to hear that. I can't say my name wrong, Ernie. What do you Boy, mean? Stop are, it. You, are, you, are you ridiculous? Stop it. Charles Barkley just don't tell agree with Draymond Green because they got issues. What roster, I don't want to hear that. What roster Skip Bayless ever played on that he could tell me what he thinks about Draymond Green being wrong? He is when he played for at least I could say I played on a on a high school basketball team. I didn't just play on the that man gets stuff. paid for his like, opinion. You I don't do say that. He gets paid for his he opinion. Get, he gets paid for his opinion. And most of the time his opinions is correct. Ass Shannon ass Uncle Shay Shannon. His opinion is something sometimes. That's why he gets paid. You don't need to be saying anything. He gets paid because marks like you. You know, you sit there and you build his so, okay. entire... So, okay. So, okay. I better not hear not one thing negative one about one Paul Pierce when he talks. I don't want to hear nothing because he played. I don't want to hear that. Okay. I, never disregard, I never disregard the, the thing is, and I always say this, like when Kendrick Perkins has an opinion, when oh, Shannon Sharp has an opinion, even whack-ass Paul Pierce has an opinion. Why you got to be whack? In the trenches, they were in the trenches with their the players. Truth. 
So they had to go backstage and they had to go in the back of the locker room and see their colleagues and their comrades get basically demoralized game by game. Skip Bayless can't say that. He's 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 a media saison. I'm just saying, like he gets paid for his opinion. Thank you. What what is, what are you doing? Really, Dre? Really, Dre? Why are we bringing up old stuff? Why are we bringing up old stuff? Press play. No, no. The reason why you better not mute my mic. You say you do not play it. It's because you don't understand or respect the time, energy, and effort that has gone into being a professional. I'm mad you even have this Watching the 48 minutes of the game. It's the physical, the mental, the emotional. You can't determine what goes on in the foxhole if you've never been in the foxhole. And the reason why people get on your case about that is because you're insensitive a lot of times to the fact when you say, oh, you know a whole heck of a lot about sitting. Well, I'd rather sit on the Phoenix Suns bench than wonder about how I'm going to pull a hamstring running on the treadmill. Amen. Let the church say amen. Look at his smug face. This is horrible. Hold on, earn it, earn it. Y'all really earn trying it, to demoralize on. the great skip base. Back to the original Man. question. This is it, it, it turns left. Matt, what type type of message does it send to the players if, if someone like Max Kellerman, not even Matt, let's take the, them out. Let's take Charles Barkley, who is a former NBA player, a Hall and of a grade player, a hater. Player, a player, and a grade a, a hater. What is what is the message that is sent to the players from a former player that a pl- former player doesn't agree? Honestly, it just shows that sometimes people hold on to their era of sports, and it, and it is what it is. It's not always great. Charles Barkley didn't have the luxury of choosing where he wanted to go, and 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 he had to just eat eat the heartbreak and like the taste of it. it, it it is what it is. Even though he got paid fairly well when he went to Phoenix to be injured, but that's neither here nor there. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that or what he did on the Houston Rockets, aka Scottie Pippen's team, because Charles Barkley decided he wanted to be injured throughout the whole the whole season. But that's neither here nor there too. What Draymond Green did we're and what he said. Look, don't, look, don't let the facts get in between the good story. We're not gonna do this. Don't we're not gonna do this, Tavia. We're not gonna do this. I'm back. Okay, I'm back. We this is what this is. Yeah, exactly. I told y'all early this week where I sat with this. So we all agree on it. We all agree on it. Draymond Green wasn't wrong. James Harden got cruised. What you saying? I'm, yeah, just, I'm, all I'm just saying you put some respect I'm on Skip Bayless' name. The great Skip Bayless, nah. you put respect on his what name. What double he got? Who cares? What triple double he, he got? He got a triple-double salary. That's what he got. That's what he got for his opinion. That's what he got. Look, we ain't going to do this. Thank you, Connor12300. He going to get on Twitter and say that the Clippers are better than the Lakers? Last week. with that. He's wilding with that. He's wilding with that. I, I'm not even okay. wilding with that. I mean, sometimes I think he just do that sometimes. He, he, he does that to get at Shannon. It, John, I get Edward, it. John Edwards needs to sit down somewhere. The worst. He's, a, he's, a, he's not even on ESPN. He's on ESPN 2. Well, it could be worse. It's not ESPN Ocho. Your times. Your times. I know, right? I, yeah. I remember that joke. I remember that too. <laughs> but – 
I forgot he what I was going He ain't played a sport in 50 years. Come on. But you know about him, though. But, again, Matt, how 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 does this, like, build a gap between the former players saying stuff like like what Charles said and what the, the current players are saying that they need to be respected? Well, LeBron set the standard. Now the, the, the players have more power than they've ever had. But in this situation where – because the, the topic is on Andre Drummond. That's what this is about. Um, Cleveland. And Blake, all, too. Yeah, and Blake Blake Griffin. They basically told him after he already suited up and was warming up to go in your street clothes, we're going to trade you. And um, when you look at – I'm not really going to touch on Blake Griffin because Blake Griffin is like a shell of himself, and it's kind of obvious why. He's Look, Blake Griffin's not playing like how he was playing when he was on the Clippers. And, and, and this we sum that up so he just doesn't – but Blake Griffin is still capable of playing that. You can How just you know that you train with him in the gym. You was with him shooting in the gym. Are, are we going there? This yeah. Where this is where we're going. Okay. All right. When he gets when he gets That's to his ne- point blank, when I you know I'm, ooh, I'm not going to do this with you. Andre Drummond is averaging a double double, so he's playing great basketball right now. So the fact that they just told him, look, we're going with um what's his name? I forgot his name. Jesus. Not Skip Bayless. Harrod Allen. Yeah, Harrod Allen. Allen. I, was, I was about to call him Torian. I don't know why I was about to call him Torian. But yeah. the same team. Yeah, I know. But yeah, they basically just told him in a nutshell, we're going with Jared Allen. We're trading you. Right. This man is averaging 17 points per game, 12, 12 rebounds per game. And I think he he averages a block a game. This man is not a scrub. He's not playing scrub-like behavior. So it's just I, you you could have gave him a little bit more respect in that. You just basically looked at him like he was trash. I'm, I'm trading you. You're gone. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's proper ways to go about certain things. Like how is it fair that they can do that to a player but when you got players like like James Harden, who openly said, look, I don't want to play here no more. I want out. Russell Westbrook, I want out. LeBron, PCZ, I made a whole special about it. I'm out. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they got crucified for it. They got crucified for it. But Cleveland could do what they did. Sacramento could do what they did to DeMarcus Cousin when he found out at, at, a, at a press conference. He didn't even get a call. A reporter told, "How do you feel about being traded?" To New Harrison Orleans? Barnes got traded in the middle of a game. Yeah, like it, it's not, it's not right. It's it 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 makes you feel like you're just like you're just property. It's not a good feeling. It makes you feel like you're not worth nothing. It, it's not he a great feeling. Dollars. Yeah, he is one hundred percent. You're right. But so you he, still have, your brand is worth it. But it, it's still a level of respect. It's a level of respect that needs to be had. And that, that's just where I'm going with that. There's a side of dignity, I feel, that that should be shown to the 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 players on your teams. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Especially if you've been with a team for however long, even one season. You know, I feel like people are owed the respect of at least learning, you know, in a way that is conducive to their mental health. I feel as if, you know, finding out during a press conference from the media or finding out, like you said, during a, during halftime, whatever, yeah. 
you know, I feel like that that is so I feel it's disrespectful. Yes, at the end of the day, it's a corporation, it's a business, and I understand business deals are made at any time, you know, but the, you you can give somebody a minute to absorb what you're telling them. That's what I said. Charles Barkley's still holding on to the 90s and the 80s where it was cutthroat. You you just you gotta be man, you gotta be you gotta man up. Like no, it's a no, different no, era of sports. The only thing I say about that, they weren't trading players in the middle of the games. Exactly. In the 90s, though. I'm not going to hold that. I never saw that. But Charles Barkley wasn't that type of player to get traded like that. Right. No. He was, he was a franchise player. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Pete, your thoughts on, on, on the subject at large and should, should there be action taken by the Players Association at some point in time? First of all, Ernie, Ernie, Dre, Dre, I'm kind of mad at, at Brooklyn Mad over here, Dre. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un uh, over here calling me Hell. <laughs> not a great player. Uh, Dre, Dre got to understand, I'm on NBA on TNT, uh, Shaq and Kenny and Ernie and Kobe. Kobe Bryant, greatest player I've ever seen, 40 points, 50 points. Uh, <laughs> No, first of all, uh, Charles is a whole fool, but I think part of that is also just part of his persona at this point. Um, Draymond Green's 100% right. There's a level of disrespect, players, and, and this goes to the larger conversation. This doesn't always happen to these players, but it does go to the larger conversation that, the owners are white. Over 75 to 80% of the league are black players. And it goes to that kind of meta conversation of like, you are owned by us. And we can do with you as we choose. Right? And it kind of goes to that, which is, you know, which lends to that, that story of like uh, of racism and racial dynamics in sports um, because, you know, as Tay brought up, you know, we're seeing this in the NFL with, you know, Deshaun Watson kindly saying, hey, I don't want to play for this team anymore. I've given you everything I can give you. I don't want to play anymore. And the team saying, no, we own you, right? This this piece of paper we have here says we own you. So no. But if but Texans, but if the Houston Texans want to send Deshaun Watson to the Sokovian Ice Raiders for a bag of basketballs, they can. And, well, and, and Deshaun Watson's not supposed to be upset by that. And he's not supposed to say, Well, I have a problem with that. Right? Um, they get mad. When, for example, players who have no trade clauses say, I want to go here. I don't want to go there. Oh, you're going to trade me? I, I want you to trade me, but I don't want you to trade me here. I would like for you to, I want to be traded to these specific teams. Try to work me a deal to these specific teams. And all of a sudden, the player is selfish. Listen, when James Harden asked to be let out of Houston, when he originally asked to be traded, I had no issue with it. When he started to act like a whole fool, when he started to act like a whole fool and started to make Houston look bad and started to treat them with disrespect, I literally said if they ship him to the Vancouver Grizzlies, if they ship him 
to the team that Will Ferrell played for in semi-pro, I wouldn't have been mad at. Right? But when you a player asking for a trade, give me the respect, right? Like, I give you the respect. You should give me the respect, right? This is, this is, this is, we, we, we over here trolling in the chat over here. But, um, you know, this is a situation where, as Tay would say, teams and players need to keep that same energy, right? If, if players are saying, um, give me the respect, or when I ask, I'd like to be out, let me out, then, you know, teams have to play the same, play the same role. Hey, you signed the, I mean, players have to play that same role. They want teams to listen to them. Then when they say, oh, but you signed this contract, right? Because one of the biggest things, and this is kind of a side conversation that I'm not going to get too deeply into. One of the things I get really pissed about, especially in the NFL, is when you have players saying, well, I signed a five-year contract last year for $14 million, and I think I outplayed it already. I want now another deal for uh, $75 million. No, play for the contract you signed, right? Play for the contract you signed. Um, and, and so I feel like it goes both ways in that situation. Um, to me, what the Cavs, what the Pistons are doing with Blake Griffin, with Andre Drummond is a problem. Because see, here's the thing. You couldn't do this to Blake Griffin right after he won a dunk contest. No. Right? No, but you really. can do this to Blake Griffin now because you're treating him like old goods. Like a scrub. Like old boy can't play no more. Right. And then what's going to happen? Old boy's going to go to another team and produce. Andre Drummond's going to. But you know what's funny? They want to trade him so bad. Right. They want to. Cavs want to trade Andre Drummond. But I'm sure the Cavs ain't going to trade him for a bag of basketballs. The Cavs want the best deal they can get for him. But no, you want to trade me, trade me. That's it. And, and so that that to me is the that's to me in the it uh, is the problem. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, players have to have a level of respect for the teams, but I think the teams do have to have a level of respect for the players that I think is not apparent. Um, and we, again, we're, we're seeing this a lot in the NBA and it's becoming a problem, right? If you want the players to be nice, you, you know what? I can't go to my boss right now and say, Hey, I know you signed me to a contract for $70,000 a year, but I feel like I've already outworked my contract. I want to raise. Absolutely. I, I can't do that, right? Um, and I kind of get upset when NFL players do that. If you, I don't like what um, Trevor Bauer's doing in Major League Baseball, but at, in a way I respect it. You want the highest amount of money? Give me the highest amount of money for one year, and then after that year is over, are you either going to give me more money, or I'm gonna go to a different uh, go to a different team who's going to give me more money? But I don't want you to sign a seven year contract for 135 million dollars, and then say after two years, I done I done outbid my contract, so give me more money. I think it's unfair. I'm not even looking. I'm not even looking at that right now. I'm not even I'm not even going to do it. I'm not Dr. Peter Lupe. I'm not trying to get the fire on the team today. Justice Warrior, Che Guevara. 
Listen, yes, boy. if load That's management bow wow over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you if Dollar Tree Rosado, I'm done. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good Dollar, one. If Dollar Tree bow wow over here, <laughs> Look, look, look. <laughs> I'm done with y'all. I'm done with y'all. Y'all, y'all. I feel like, yo, Pete. I get exactly what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But like. I feel like there there has to be a better rapport between the players and the teams. Like, Absolutely. you know, yeah, a lot of these guys are being paid millions of dollars. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, at the end of the day, money walks, money talks. And sometimes the brands are bigger than the players. You get what I'm saying? Especially when you're a player that you haven't really brought any type of championship to a team and you haven't, you know, brought any type of prestige to a team. But I think with the Cleveland Cavaliers – I think they have a reputation for being a little bit more, you know, sticky when it comes to those deals with these players. And I think that that's what kind of makes it kind of, um, you know, broken. You get what I'm saying? Because the way that they handled LeBron James, you get what I'm saying? And then the way that they came out looking like the victim. And LeBron like the villain. To a lot of people. You saw those burning of the jerseys. They burned the jerseys. They ripped the, the posters yeah, down. That's why I got a lot of respect for – listen, people may not have liked the decision, but I have respect for LeBron James because what did he do? He signed a contract. For a number of years, he went politely to his team and said, hey, I need help. I need you all to do better around me. I need you to do better around me. He played out the length of his contract. Never once caused a problem. Wait till he became a free agent, and then said, "I'm going to the right thing." Yeah, and 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 like you said about the whole James Harden thing, I definitely agree. Once he started to kind of act out and show out, you know, kind of flexing his superstar power, that's when I kind of like, you know, eh, you know, the thing is with the Deshaun Watson thing, we haven't seen the best of what he can do in Houston yet, and I think that's that's what the team is betting on. You get what I'm saying? And I think they got that's rid of his hope, though. They got rid of his hope. Who they gonna throw it to me? That's what I'm saying. They got they they sold his hope and didn't even they didn't even talk to him about it. He has all right to feel how he felt. Talk to him for what? Is he the GM of the quarterback? He who is he gonna throw it to? We we have this whole thing thinking that these quarterbacks and these because a couple of teams have allowed their quarterbacks to have some type of say in who they play with. Not a lot of people have that have had that privilege or have that say. You get what I'm saying? Like even in the teams that I play with, I couldn't go to my coach and be like, yo, um, I want my sister to play center. Well, you know, come on. Like, let's let's be real. The system is definitely broken in certain, in certain capacities. Totally you get what I'm saying? But the thing is, what Deshaun is looking for right now and what I, I hate to kind of put those two things in the same thing because we don't really – even though Houston has a perpetual culture issue – you get what I'm saying? We cannot put that in the same deal with some of these NBA things that I have never seen an NFL player get traded in the middle of a game or in the middle of a warm-up. And I think that the NBA, like you know, like Thurgood Rosado was saying, you know what I'm saying? The NBA, they have to be a little bit more culturally conscious. That's right. The type of message that they're sending out to the fans, to the mm-hmm. players. And to the Players Association. And I feel that with the Players Association, and just like um, Matt said, through the LeBron era, play the LeBron era, the Steph Curry era, players have more power than they've ever had. They have more leverage than they've ever had, too. And this is the time for them to use it for their, for their, their league. 
Yeah, I mean, to add on to what Minister Rosado Farrakhan was saying, like you're not you hold you hold these these players at such a high regard, but you're treating them like crap because you're you're going to trade them for for like even more for even more of their value or somewhat equal to their value, and their value is not less than. So why treat them like they are? You you yeah. want them you want them to play their mm-hmm. butts out for you and play their hardest and give you their everything, but then you could throw them away when you want to. Yeah, but the thing is too, it's like it, it's a Thank double-edged sword. Bye. Thank you. It's a double-edged sword though. Because without certain teams, you won't have that platform to show to have that fan, that's that fan base. So it, I think one hand washes the other. And I think that with relationships and stuff, like what has you know, no, I think Blake Griffin is a phenomenal talent. Don't get me wrong. But what has he done for the teams that he's been on? What has, he, what has he done for the team that he's been on by himself? Yeah, he jumped over a car, won dunk contest, right? By, and that by, was what? That was what nine at this point. Let's let's all right. A decade. Let's. I like to play devil's advocate sometimes, right? That was almost ten years ago, if not ten years ago. You know, that was that kind of shot him into superstardom. And the L.A. Clippers during that time was always the team that could have been, that could be. That should have been. Yeah, they were the team that was supposed to be the next generation of the, the, the Western Conference, and they fell short That's several times. Up God. until last year. You know, he went to the Pistons, did what? Not a- Exactly. Well, when the Pistons traded yeah. for Blake Griffin, that made no sense because, but you know, you, you, when that happened, that made no sense to begin with. You know, and the Pistons weren't going anywhere when they traded for Blake Griffin, and they still aren't going anywhere. I can understand them wanting to trade Blake Griffin. I can understand that. And I understand the idea from the team standpoint of like, hey, we don't want you to get hurt while you're still playing, and now we can't trade you. So we need you to stay healthy. But it's it's just that if it was the other way around, if Blake Griffin had gone to Detroit management and said, I'd like to go play for another team, I'd like to play for a championship somewhere – all of a sudden, he's an a-hole. It would be like yeah, what but he hasn't played a full season. He hasn't played a full season since the 2012-2013 season. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the most he's played since was in 2016-2017 at 61 games. That's what happens when you're just a dunker. Yeah, but he's injured. He has he's had some significant injuries too. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what happens when you're just a dunker. I don't think he's just a dunker. Blake Griffin is a pretty skilled player. He's just injury prone. That's Stop it. Boy can't hit water in a boat. Stop. Well, it. that's what happens. No, but Matt made the Matt. Half the players in the league can't shoot. Exactly. But I'm just saying, if you're, but then it goes back to the Giannis thing. It he spent his Giannis entire the entire early part of his career being <laughs> a dunker. I, I'm sorry. It wears, it wears on your knee. No, I said you make a great point, Matt. Yeah. I mean, Dre, you're not you're not wrong, Dre. Mm-hmm. Blake became a better player, but Drake is not a, a Blake Griffin is not a good all around player. He's not. He's By a rebounder. Reason. He's he's reason. a decent rebounder. Right. An okay blocker. But all he's really I would never say he's an okay blocker. I said he's Blake is trash on defense. I said okay. I said okay. Trash on defense. I was I, maybe I put a stretch on it. Yeah, whatever. You did. But you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because he looked he looked good next to DeAndre Jordan, but that's just neither here nor there. But what I was saying is, you become a one dimensional player, people start to figure it out, figure you out. Absolutely, that's just Absolutely. what it is, and that's that's what's that's what's happened with Giannis. Thank you. I would like to I would like to admit that me and Tavia was right. 
Kevin Durant is playing and y'all not saying nothing about Giannis. I just want to throw that out there. Not, yep. not nothing. Said that since the middle I of ain't heard nothing about said Giannis. That since the middle of last season. I since, said that when I called the Heat. Since Kevin Durant's been back. <laughs> nobody throw that nobody out was there. calling for Giannis to go nowhere and Giannis team. He ain't even they in the MVP They lost right. past three games, right? Yeah. They're, they're terrible. Yeah. They're not, I don't they're want not doing nothing. With nothing. or without Drew Holiday. With or without Drew Holiday. Oh. They're not a good team. He ain't even in the MVP tour. Got that big contract. Shout out to you for signing up, for getting your bag. But you got that bag for worth nothing because you're not coming out the East. No, well, he took the bag. He took the bag. I know. Y'all say congratulations to you for getting the bag, but realize you ain't winning Jack in the Eastern Conference again. Right. KD and them boys are playing. Are playing. Most Miami is still in 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 in, in that, yes, in that they and, they, and they've, yes, they they haven't are. been even playing good. And they haven't even been playing good. And that's because friends. that's because Dragic has been out. Hero's been playing less than Butler just came back, but him and Adebayo just both had like triple doubles. Can, I think, can, so can I mean, I add one team? Can I add one team in that conversation? Go ahead. The Knicks. Yeah. Boy, yo, boy, Julius Randle is balling. I like balling. Yeah. He had 50 the other night. Yeah. Shout out to that man. Shout out to, Shout, out to that man. Shout out to everybody in our fantasy league who laughed at me for picking Julius Randle. I didn't laugh, I at, you. I didn't laugh at I didn't I laugh, laugh at you because I already knew. I was like, I already oh, boy. Knew. And that boy putting up buckets. Putting up buckets. I was mad when we buckets. drafted for the fantasy league. Me and Pete, Pete kept picking each other's players. Boy. He was writing, uh, he was writing back at me. Right. Boy. <laughs> but um Matt, it's good to have your voice back on the smoke section. We're oh. talking about something really near and dear to your heart since you are a pro- former performer. So let's you. get right into it. I, I guess I was muted, but yes, let's talk about something that was near and dear to Matt's heart. Um the sport of professional wrestling. Um, he Matt is trained in professional wrestling, but we'll make I actually should have changed the, this. I actually should have changed the music for that one. I'm like, I'll change. I'll change it on on the post post production side of it. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> but no. I already know where you're going with it. No. Wow, wow, wow. You, yeah, you better not put that on the way you want Today, normally everybody's been giving Bow Wow the smoke for like the last week and a half because Brother Man went on Twitter and basically said, I want to be in the WWE. And I'm disappointed, not in Bow Wow, I'm disappointed in the wrestling community. And I'm going to tell you why I'm disappointed in the wrestling community. Predominantly the black wrestling community. Oh, why? Because we started out these last few years talking about how we want more people that look like us in this community and putting on. 
because now we have all this melanin talent in the WWE and they are killing it like the Sasha Banks of the world. The Wait, you said about, melanin? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying what I'm saying. Hey, don't don't correct me. That's rude. Melanin. Or this, whatever. Well, you know what I mean. Millennial. What you, like no, millennial. no. You, we ain't millennials. I'm not a millennial. Am I a millennial? Yeah. A millennial? I'm not a millennial. I can't be a millennial. Yeah, you are. In yeah. the 80s? Born in the 80s? Yeah. You know, who made that rule? Yeah. I think it's like 84 to like something. So so what is Tavia? All of nights? The Renaissance? I see you later, y'all. I'm out. What? I'm just asking a question. I don't. Oh, hey, y'all really? Y'all just going? Y'all? All right. That's what y'all doing? Y'all just want me? All right. Back to the smoke section. But yeah. First of all, I, let, let millennials me are from 1981 to 1996. So yes. you in that boat? So you're a millennial. So you're a millennial too. Yeah. What? Who created that? What, what, I don't like, know. That's weird. I thought millennials was like 2000 or something. Like, ain't that when the millennium was supposed to hit? Anyways, this, this wow. beside the point. That's beside the point. I don't care about that. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Y'all disappointed me this week and a half by trashing this man for wanting to aspire to be in the WWE and shed light to the WWE as a as a celebrity, a black celebrity who is accomplished and established. We know who he is, but I'm hearing stuff like, oh, he's clout chasing. First of all, the fact that you know who he is, boy don't need clout. Let's be let's be one hundred. He don't need clout. Boy, selling challenge and a couple of years ago says differently, but I like I didn't get into that. I don't even know the whole story of that. Yeah, that, I don't know the whole story about that. But regardless, the man is established. We know who he is. The boy sold millions and millions of records, sold out concerts, like a lot of concerts, like back yeah, in the day. Fun. That scream tour was popping. Back scream in the tour was 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 the yeah, truth. Let's let's it be was. realistic. You did and a good said, job on that tour, Matt. Shut up, Dre. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not allowed. No, you never had nobody. Don't show do this. Did you not show me? Stop! 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 I don't look nothing like that, man. Stop. But the fact yeah, that the boy wants to do wrestling. A little Romeo, then. Look, woman. Don't do that. We ain't gonna do that. Shut up, Dre. Shut up. Don't even say nothing. People just gonna sit there and laugh. It's supposed to be on my side, anyways. Anyways, the fact that y'all got on Bow Wow because he said he wanted to be a WWE star and he wanted to win a title and all this other stuff. Why trash the man for that? Is it unrealistic that he actually wanted to actually be a wrestler when he was young? Think about it. He was a wrestling fan and he's the same age as us, right? 80s babies, right? So a lot of a lot of the time that wrestling was like at its peak was what the late nineties, attitude era. Yeah, and even even in the late eighties when, when we were kids. Exactly, boy, yeah. must, like like he. It's it's fair to say that he was a, a wrestling fan. Everybody was wrestling fans around that time. It's yes. not hard to believe yes. that Bow Wow was a wrestling fan. Yes. I and agree. he's and he's in a situation where he's 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 performing. He's a rapper, and in the nineties, we already know how cutthroat the rap industry was in that era. You can't dibble and dabble in everything and and have that same level of respect at that time. So it's fair to say that he could have possibly wanted to be a wrestler, 
aside from being a rapper. It's not bad for him to want to be a wrestler. Why are you going to put that man down, that black man down, for wanting to be a wrestler? It's that crabs in the barrel mentality that we get on on, on and on about, that gatekeeper mentality. Boy, want to be a wrestler? Support him. He ain't going to hurt the business if he wanted to be a wrestler. How's he clout chasing? How is he fake? I, I for one, uh, would be really, really happy to see the um, 2020-something version of the No Limit Soldiers. But um, listen, you know, my whole... Disrespectful. You know, here's the thing. Hootie Who was a classic. <laughs> throw that out there. Listen, the, 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 the problem with Bad Well, yes, there's a lot of people out here doing this whole wrestling gatekeeping BS. You know, we can talk about how that that that, that not only affects people like Bad Well, but it affects regular people trying yeah. to get the world of professional wrestling, right? Um, but to just speak on what's happening with Bowell, I think a lot of people are getting on Bowell not because he said he wanted to be a wrestler, simply because I feel like Bowell is looking at what the WWE has done with Star, seeing what it did with Bad Bunny, seeing what it's doing with Bad Bunny, seeing what it's done with Rob Gronkowski, seeing what he's done with Ronda Rousey, uh, and stuff like that, and kind of giving them those opportunities. I think the problem is a lot of people are not taking Bow Wow seriously. But that, that took Rob Gronkowski serious. It's not. It's not. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. No. You know, and, you know, I didn't take Bad Bunny seriously in the beginning. No, I think he's an athletic specimen, though. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. But do, did you That's, really take it serious like he was going to sign a contract and take it serious? No. Nobody had nothing to say about that. So why do we got something no, to say about people, Bow Wow doing it? A lot of people had things to say about Rob Gronkowski, but I think there was a difference with Rob Gronkowski because there were people in the wrestling business who were trying to get him in. It wasn't like Rob said, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, but I decided to become an NFL football player. But, like, that wasn't the case. You know, I didn't take Bad Bunny seriously until I found out Bad Bunny was actually training at the Performance Center. I don't think anybody took Snooki seriously until they actually saw her in the ring and she actually did a couple of things. And people were like, oh, hold up. This this girl could actually do a couple of things. She's not going to be Pete, a fantastic But Pete, is it the same level of trashing that Bow Wow's getting right now? I think, again, it's not. But I think it's because Bow Wow came out on social media and said what he said. And, and I don't think people are taking Bow Wow seriously. Snooki didn't come out, none of this stuff, and any of that, and said, oh, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, this, that, and the third. Snooki was just a celebrity appearance who did the job she was supposed to do and actually did it surprisingly well, right? Um... Bow Wow came out, out of literally left field, and was like, I want to be a wrestler. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, yeah, I Bow Wow. And instead of Bow Wow. It wasn't that reaction. It was, get the F out of here. Yo, he clout chasing. Yo, forget him. That, what was the last time Bow Wow did anything memorable that we even talk about? Selling out tours last year before the pandemic. Executive producer growing up hip-hop Atlanta. There's a lot that man is doing. That man is making money. Stop. Because a lot of y'all not in that in that avenue and y'all paying attention to it, don't mean that he's clout chasing. Let me be honest about it. And you know, I'm 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 not somebody who considers myself like this this pro wrestling guru. You get what I'm saying? But what I will say is that pop culture has always existed where professional wrestling existed as well. You get what I'm saying? At the helm of the first few WrestleManias. You get what I'm saying? You you had the glitz, you had the glamour, you had the Cindy Loppers, you had the 
you know, you had Ray Charles, you had Aretha Franklin. There was always an intersection between pop culture and pro wrestling, right? So I feel with the Bow Wow situation, it always triggers people who feel like outsiders have no place in their business. You get what And I feel that that's not fair. Um, did it feel kind of random? Yeah, it did. Bad Bunny was random. But but not really. But mind you, Bad Bunny has had Ric Flair in his music videos for a couple of years. It was a few years ago. You get what I'm saying? Offset did a song about Ric Flair. You get what I'm saying? So there was some type of pro wrestling tie there. You get what I'm saying? But with Bow Wow, I've I've heard of Bow Wow being at wrestling shows in the past. And to be I've honest, seen them there. A lot of a lot of rappers, believe it or not, are huge professional wrestling fans, and and pro- professional ref- wrestling references have existed in rap songs for the past thirty years. So there is a very strong tie between pop culture figures and and pro wrestling because it's it's the glitz, the glamour, just with athleticism added to it. You have to have a gimmick. You have to have a persona. You have to have charisma. And these are things that that artists have to have to be successful. Facts. You get what I'm saying? So while I don't see it being, oh, you know, Bow Wow was going to face Roman Reigns or a universal title, but having that pop culture tie keeps both industries relevant to each other. You get what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, with COVID happening, you you have to find ways to kind of keep this all together, you know. And and no, Bow Wow is not Jay Z as far as popularity and music, you know, industry knowledge. But Bow Wow is the millennial. I don't want to say Bobby Brown, but he's like some. He does something to our age group demographics that we have a soft spot for him, especially women. You know, and he was cool. But the thing is about Wow, he was cool for the guys and cool for the girls, too. Exactly. You know, he wasn't just like, like I said, like Chris Brown at one time. You know, regular dudes was not messing with Chris Brown. It was more, more the girls were more with Chris Brown. But with Bow, it was a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? He was the first new rapper from the millennial era when we were like, you know, teenagers and this and the third. So he had that pop culture appeal. Do I think it's it's going to be a marriage made in heaven? Maybe, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? But you can't crap on somebody because they have dreams. You know what I'm saying? They have a platform. They have dreams. It, it is what it is. Does that mean he's going to be main eventing SummerSlam? No, I don't think so. But I didn't see this backlash when it was certain other uh, celebrities' involvement either. It's corny. Like so- that, they, I, I could have sworn I heard a couple of years ago that that uh, you know the guy from Arrow was in a match. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where was the back I mean, he was not as popular as as Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. No, but I think the thing with Stephen Amell was he didn't come out and say all this stuff that he did the way that he did. He kind of just put his head down. He actually he went and trained. He went he and trained the fanfare. Nobody I didn't know who he was. He did one of those like front row appearances kind of gimmicks uh and then got involved. Uh, with some stuff, and then um, you know, and then he just kind of put his head down and went and trained properly uh, yeah. to be able to do his match, and that was it. He didn't kind of publicize this big thing. 
My whole thing though is it's it's predominantly just wrestling fans, not like with this gatekeeper mentality. Like y'all feel like certain people gotta have the same level of fandom that y'all got. You gotta know NJPW, you gotta know AEW, Ring of Honor, CCW, Ace Pro, the 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 M MLW. You gotta know all of this to be verified as a wrestling fan. So like can I, let, so. Let me play devil's advocate and give my, my opinion on this, right? Here's why I believe why people are um, going at, at Bow Wow, right? So let's talk. Tay brought this up just five minutes ago, right? Remember the Bow Wow Challenge, right? Not really. I don't even know what it is. So the Bow Wow Challenge basically taking a picture. Bow Wow took a picture on the plane. Where he looked like he was in first class and he actually was in coach, right? Um, so and, and then Bow Wow has done, like many rappers, have done a lot of clout chasing things, right? Because that's that's the way that most rappers do. It's not uh, it's not a knock against him, but these are the things that, that get people talking about you. So when Bow Wow decides I want to do WWE is like huh because a lot of people are like yo bro like you you be doing stuff just to do it and and nobody knows how serious you're gonna take it yes I granted I agree wrestling fans can be gatekeepers they definitely can be gatekeepers for the gatekeepers you just brought up about not knowing about things from from across the water to even things amongst us in the fifty six. Well, if you don't know progress, you 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 not a wrestling fan at all. But you know what's not fair? Yes. If you love if you love something, uh-huh. like professional wrestling fans, you guys love wrestling so much, right? Don't you want to see it grow and continue exactly. to thrive and continue yeah. to maintain? And, and and the way you do that is by increasing. The viewership of all types of genres of people. Facts. That's what I'm saying. With with, with Bow Wow, he he brings a demographic with him. You want to stagnate the industry that you love because of what? Nah, they're not wrestling fans like us. Is it also the sensitivity of everything that was going on last summer in terms of, of getting people out the industry that's no good for the industry so people are more have more awareness up right now it, it could it be that I'm, I'm asking could it be that no no because i i do remember there was a time when the rock came back mm-hmm. and the same people who i think you guys are, are kind of alluding to Mm-hmm. all over it. Yes. Now, this is the biggest star that ever came from pro wrestling. Pro wrestling made this man. And people were saying, well, he needed the wrestling to, to, to promote a movie. Somebody's background is really loud. He needed the wrestling to promote a movie. And to be honest with you, he, he didn't need pro wrestling. He paid his dues. He put eyes on the, on, on, on the business. You get what I'm saying? So I saw that whole thing unfold when people were kind of getting annoyed. You know, The Rock has no business here. You know, more people are worthy. And then they use, you know, they race bait The Rock as well. 
And I don't think that's fair. You get what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, I don't understand what this new millennial, this new generation of black wrestling fans saying that they never grew up knowing other black wrestling fans. I think that's 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 nonsense. Because when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, like I, like I always say, you know, when I became a teenager, you know, of course, like other things kind of won out, like, you know, Backstreet Boys and, and pop music and stuff like that. But as a kid, you know, pro wrestling was big to us. All of us. You get what I'm saying? So that must be some Gen Z stuff. But, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Bow Wow coming to pro wrestling would be as relevant as a, a, a Snooki coming to a wrestling or a Wale coming to wrestling and stuff like that. But I don't feel that people should pick and choose why or who they feel is relevant to wrestling culture. Or relevant as a wrestling fan, because that's stupid. I don't think that's fair. That's, because that's, I do I do vividly remember because the rock coming back was a big deal. It was all across pop culture, put new eyes to to things and, and kind of helped set the standard for the you know the reality shows that came out of it and stuff like that. But people are saying, Well, he's not a real wrestler, he's not a real this. I'm like, yo, this guy, he's a third generation wrestler. Like, how could you even say that about one of your own? And he came back and did y'all a favor. Thanks. And then they're going to talk about something he's not he's not black, he's Samoan. What kind of like this like it'd be our own community. That's what that's what it hurts to even see this. Like it's like y'all put down everything. Like any little positive we can have, y'all, y'all, y'all trash it. Oh, we don't mess with the new day because they they twerking. So like, so look at all the stuff that they're accomplishing. As three so, black men, disgusting, the disgusting things people right. were saying about the disgusting right. things people were saying about. I feel like, first of all, as a fan, right, you have all rights to like and dislike what you like and dislike. But when you cross the line and say things like that's not black enough, that's not. So you want us to walk around with 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 cell phones and and drugs out of one pocket and a brick of money. You can say like that. That's that's the type of representation you want on TV. They even trash You're playing. You're playing into. You're playing into stereotypes too. They, and they trash crime time, like you said, for being that stereotype. But for being that stereotype. You can't make everybody happy. You can't like, make one of them happy. I remember seeing how, like, people were saying, well, well the new day is, is like this, and, you know, it's, it's preaching this. I'm just like, wait, what? You want to see weak black men? I see three strong men of color who became one of the biggest, if not longest, Best one of the best groups in wrestling of all time, but they weren't the, the way they carried themselves wasn't black enough. I think that's nonsense. I think it's, it's BS. They even try. Well, I can take it even further. They even trashed the nation because of the DX thing. Yeah, but you see, I feel like it's it's worse now than back then. No, it's, but they're bringing stuff up from back then. That's the thing that kills me. Like I don't understand it. Like. How do you determine what's black enough? And, and and the thing is, and what I what I hate, and, and you guys get so aggravated. You guys don't get aggravated by it. It's like I date myself, right? But why are y'all talking about stuff that you got to watch on a network 
and and putting and putting 2021 eyes on a 1997 product you can't you can't everything evolves everything evolves and I, I feel like it's not fair i think that with the bow wow thing yeah it was random pete i get it you know what i'm saying like i don't know where you know you've been relevant for 20 years and now all of a sudden you're talking about you want to be a wrestler but he also said that he was willing to do the work he also said that he was willing to train, which is what a lot of people wouldn't do. Right? No, you know what? You know what? And Matt and Matt and Matt said it perfectly. He Bow Wow can go and train, and Bow Wow can go put in the work and take the bumps and learn all the stuff that he needs to do, and then Bow Wow can go and have a match, and you're gonna still have a bit. Well, he doesn't. He didn't do this bump well enough, and he didn't do this. It's from always people who never, who, from people who never laced up a right. pair of boots in right. their life. Like, right. I think it's so unfair. Listen, I think the thing is they 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 make it seem as wrestling is this easy thing. These not. are athletes who before COVID traveled over three hundred days a year. No other sport does that. No other form of entertainment does that. No it's, sport it's does that. And y'all got the audacity to sit there as a keyboard gangster and say, "Well, he didn't do this well enough. He didn't do yeah. that well enough." Like you could do better. I, that that's the thing it's that one, I, that's the one thing that I hate about wrestling is like I hate like listen. People know me primarily as a commentator. People primarily know me as somebody who does stuff backstage at, at independent wrestling. But I got into a ring. I bumped. I, I ran the ropes. I did Same those here. things. Right. I didn't do them particularly well, and I learned very early on that that was not my place in professional wrestling. But I did it. Mostly because you had to, but also because of the respect of what goes into you know, being an in-ring, an in-ring competitor. And so, yeah, right. Even I, who had taken those bumps and run those ropes and done those things and practiced some of these moves, will still never judge somebody who does them because I am in no position to judge somebody who does them. Also, as Tavia was going to get to, I believe. You know, it's those same people who couldn't do it on their worst day, on their best day, right? I hate when people, I hate when I go to wrestling shows and people go, you effed up when somebody like messes up a move or something like that or misses or does something and then you got the you effed up chance. And I'm like, yo, on your best day, you couldn't even mess up as good as they messed up. Yo, Pete, you want to hear something funny? My, fa my favorite, my favorite, and I heard it from a wrestler, which, which, Aggravates the hell out of me. Let's be clear. I learned, I trained in 06, right? 06. Now I want to get I want to get bow out probably what like two years, probably a year or two older than me, right? I learned how to I learned I did this in 06. I was 16 years old. You know how hard it was to find somebody to train me or even find how to like how to learn. Wrestling was so Closed, like mm -hmm. you, like it. I, I, I don't even. I, I wish I could even tell you what I went through to learn, to even be taken serious to get into the door to be trained. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now to say, oh, he had all, he had all this back then, and he could have learned then. No, you cannot. If y'all, if y'all are wrestlers, right? Y'all know y'all history. Y'all study y'all history. Do y'all know about the reporter that tried to expose wrestling? In, in they would have tried to break Bow Wow. A lot of they would have tried to. 
They were a lot of old training schools. Listen to what listen to what Ric Flair said about even the training schools back then. What Al Snow has said about training schools. He would have been the first person. I mean, listen, there are people who even say this about the WWE tryouts, where they say day one, day one of the tryouts is not to see whether or not you can wrestle or how good of a worker you are. It's to see how far they can push you and to see who gives up, to see who really wants it deep down inside. And then they get into the wrestling and everything else. And they do everything safely. But Bow Wow in the old days would have been the first person that they would have tried to break. And and, and it's like the hair Russell said that. It's like, yo, that's gatekeeping. And y'all don't even realize y'all doing it. That's sad. That's sad. And, and it's like it makes me look at y'all like, yo, y'all want y'all want so much for this business. Y'all want this business to, to grow. Y'all wanted to be a better place than when, when y'all got in. I wanted to be a better place than when I got in. The politics was crazy. And y'all are not doing it. Y'all not doing it no better. Y'all not making it better. Y'all making it just as worse. Y'all gatekeeping and y'all don't even realize it. Yep. That's horrible. That's sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, as we wrap this episode up, um, we got a lot, got a lot of good things coming up, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to this episode live, we are doing the, the Jabba Tears podcast viewing party this Sunday coming up for Elimination Chamber, which you can hear our predictions on um, after the year, Sunday before the pay-per-view. Make sure you stay stay tuned for that. Um, congratulations to everything that is going on amongst us. Again, I said this uh, last week. I'm going to continue saying it. A lot of good things coming up amongst everybody. Again, we prefer to keep it private. But, again, just know we're all doing big things. We're all about, about to have things pop off for us. So, um, again, congratulations to the team. Insert McMahon theme song here. Money, 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 money. I'm taking a bath in money. Oh, gosh. There you go. You <laughs> notice when, uh, when, when Pete was talking, like Pete would go from, like I said, Minister Farrakhan to um, like back down to John Cena slash Hurricane and then go back up. <laughs> you stop messing with PP Winers, BB and CC Step Brothers. PP Winers. There's a Rosado coming through. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Every year, every year when uh when we get, when we, when we get our contracts, every year when we get our contracts. <laughs> Uh, every year when we get our contracts at my school, I actually used to do that. Every every year after I would go and sign my contract, I would play Shane McMahon's theme song as I'm walking out the HR office. Oh, my God. That's funny. I have Also, before we leave, I have a song I want to play that's really near and dear to my heart. Matt is going to like this song a lot. So just want to play it for you guys right here. I hate you, Dre. Yay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm leaving. I'm not doing this with y'all. I'm over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Someone got to tell Bow Wow to stop getting into Chris Cross's, uh, Chris Cross's wardrobe. Oh man, that's hilarious! Oh, rest in peace to Chris Kelly, man. Yes, rest that in peace. Broke, man. That, that broke my heart years later. You yeah. know, I, I saw this thing where he was still signing autographs with fans, and they would make fun of him. And you know, so yes. it hurts. It still hurts me. He was yeah. one of my first crushes. 
Oh, wow. I remember. I remember calling. I remember calling Bow Wow. I remember calling Bow Wow fake Iverson. Well, that yeah. was because he's brown. Yeah, he used, he used to dress. He used to dress like he was trying to be like a little Iverson. AI was the biggest thing to hip hop without actually being a mainstream rapper. Yeah. This but, is very true. But, but um, on behalf of um, our little Bow Wow BK Matt, who left because he heard his theme song, for um, Peter Luther King Jr., <laughs> for the Queen, Queen Tay, it is your boy Big Baby signing off. Peace. <laughs>